Wow, I just, I love Paul Tripp's illustration at the end, the guy with the great mustache, um, with just what he says about the basement. And, you know, it's pitch black down there, but the sun is still shining outside, and that's similar to what grief is like. It's clouding our ability to see that truth. And so um, I'm just here to, to share my testimony um, about my grief journey. And so to start off, I would say that I grew up a cultural Christian. I grew up in a Christian household. I definitely had head knowledge about the gospel. I could recite a common gospel presentation, but I didn't believe it in my heart. I felt like I was just going through the motions, and I viewed a relationship with God as something I did only on Sundays. If I did good things, then God would love me more, and I'll get into heaven by my works. However, going into high school, I stopped going to church frequently. I filled my circle with friends that did not push me closer to God, and I made more than a handful of me-centered negative decisions. In 12th grade, a friend invited me to Watermark Church in Dallas, here. And it was here that I started to ponder the gospel for what it truly is. Still, I had not really believed the gospel in my heart and what it meant in my life. So fast forward to freshman year of college. I got to UT Arlington down the street, and I continued to pursue a sinful lifestyle. However, there were some college ministry men around me that, you know, named Chris Sturviant, Coley Stevens, and Chris Maharaj. I know you guys don't know them, but these guys were really faithful in pursuing a relationship with me so that they could share the good news of Jesus Christ. And honestly, there were times when I, I just really did not feel like going to a Bible study, but the Lord really started to soften my heart during this time. And I realized that before, in high school and, and previously, that I had a, a work-based faith where if I just went to church on Sunday and treated people nicely, I was all set for heaven. However, God showed me that a relationship with Christ is actually about faith-based works, that it's nothing that I could ever do to make me righteous, but rather all that Christ has done. So it wasn't a specific hour, but rather this time period, spring of 2017, that I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Additionally, in spring of 2017, my mother was diagnosed with metastatic stage three breast cancer, as I mentioned last week. And so as a new believer, this really hit me like a freight train. My mom was one of the most selfless women I knew, and I could not help but just ask, why God? Later that year in 2017, I went to my first New Year's conference in Austin, Texas. So New Year's conference is a college ministry five-day getaway with college students from Houston, Dallas, Colorado, and California. And there, I vividly remember a mini-seminar that was titled, How is God Good in a World Full of Evil and Suffering? I could really relate to that one at that time. I went and I heard a talk, and this man named Chuck McElroy, he spoke about the book of Job, a book that I've heard of, but I never fully read myself. He gave a testament of his own wife who had a severe illness and how he dealt with it as a Christian. His relationship with God actually grew from it, and at the time that really shocked me, and it, it almost offended me that he said that. At this New Year's conference, at the end, I broke down in front of a bunch of people I hardly knew as I expressed how this helped me to see God's sovereignty and goodness in everything. Additionally, I was, I was being vulnerable about my mom's situation. Before, I, I really had a mindset of keeping everything inside and not telling anyone, um, and so God really softened my heart during this time. Um, earlier past year, uh, March 15th of 2020, I asked my mom if we could go through a quick devotional before we went to bed. And this devotion was based on the book of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. And these verses speak of Jesus being the light that shines in the darkness, 
and that the darkness has not overcome it. It says that from Jesus's fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. My mom and I dove into the provided discussion questions such as, what does it mean to receive and believe in his name? And have you received him? My mom shared deep wisdom and compassion of the gospel, the good news that Jesus brought into this world. I asked her a discussion question of my own, as I asked with teary eyes, mom, how has all your experience with your chronic illness affected your relationship with God? I was already encouraged by my mom's faith in Jesus, but it was something that weighed heavy on my heart. My mom said that there were indeed moments where she did ask, why God? But that through it all, she knew and was emphatically certain that Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. My mom's perseverance in the faith reminded me of Jesus' perseverance and his purpose. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is praying on the Mount of Olives. Jesus knows that he's about to be arrested and put on a cross for a death that he did not deserve. Yet our Lord and Savior prays to the Father, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus sympathizes for those who are suffering, the sick and the afflicted. My mom spoke to me not an if-then faith, where we trust in God when things are going well and run away when things aren't, but rather an even-if faith, where her foundation was rooted deeply in Christ, and when storms came, her house was not shaken. I asked her a tough question a few nights later when she was in bed. I asked, Mom, are you scared? The diagnosis was not looking good. She gave me a confident no. She knew where she was going, to an eternal fellowship with the Lord. My mom actually said that she was worried about the rest of us. Again, that selfless behavior that she had. And she wanted us to be okay without her. A week and a half before my mother passed away when she was on hospice, I asked her if I could include the gospel in her eulogy. She gave a clear yes and had expressed before that she wanted others to also accept the free gift of Jesus that she had accepted. I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling of loneliness from God. And it's definitely applicable today with where we are at currently. Friends, God provides prayer and is there for you. And God provides scripture to guide us through these times. My mother passed away on April 10th, 2020 on Good Friday. And prayer has helped me to see the goodness of him during these times. A short book I have recently read is titled, When Pain is Real and God Seems Silent. This book has aided me in my prayer life when I just, I just don't know what to say to God when I'm grieving. It goes over Psalms, Psalm 88 in particular, one of the saddest Psalms in Psalm 89. The author of the Psalm, Heman, cried out to God for his peace that guards our hearts and for God to continue being a rock and foundation. This prayer is echoed in Philippians 4 verse 7. I find myself praying this prayer often that God would guard my heart with peace and that I would stand on him as a foundation in my grief and in my life. I was very blessed uh, to go through grief share with my father and two sisters. Although we had to do it virtually, we learned so much about the grief process and how God is with us every step of the way. A song that I've clung to is by Shane and Shane. It's titled, Though You Slay Me. The chorus is as follows. Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship, 
sing a song to the one who's all I need. It's Job chapter 13, verse 15, where Job, in the midst of such great sufferings, makes this beautiful statement of allegiance to God. Quote, though he slay me, I will hope in him. A devotional I read regarding this song mentioned that it doesn't mean the pain is any less. It doesn't mean that the hurt isn't real. But such a supernaturally inspired declaration of allegiance to God does say that though this pain may be great, God is greater. I learned that the trouble that we endure in this life should not call into question the genuineness of God's love, but rather these troubles actually prove God's love. I'm so grateful that the Lord softened my heart to accept him into my life, and it has changed my approach to my day-to-day life. I cast my anxieties to him, trusting that he is in control. There are still tough days and trials to come, but there is a hope that is in a solid foundation, Jesus Christ. I have been honest and emotionally raw with God in prayer, no holds barred. As Matthew 6 verse 8 states, he already knows what is on your heart, so there's really no point in suppressing it in prayer. I have been honest in confessing and asking for supplication and strength and perseverance during these times. There are days where I just confess that I had not been interested in reading the word. And I ask for the Holy Spirit to strengthen me and work through me in my life. I pray that my testimony encourages you to continue in a growing relationship with him, casting your anxieties and burdens to the cross and praying with your heart to the Lord who surpasses all understanding and fully knows our brokenness and needs. Even though we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because the Lord comforts us. Finally, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, There is a light of hope, even in the darkest valleys that will never go out.